Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based on the roll of a 20-sided die. I'm Jordan. And I'm, um, you know, I'm Cody. Are you serious? Are you serious right now? Are you, <laughs> why do you have to always it? First of all, like, I literally, I started saying, and I, like, my voice just wouldn't stop. I'm like, okay, this is what's happening today. <laughs> How's it going, Cody? Um... Well, I woke up at 2 o'clock this morning. Oh, um, God. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sorry, 100% God. sure why. That just happened. Um, so I watched a bunch of Star Trek and uh, did some like little podcast busy work stuff that uh, Mandy had been asking me to do for a while. So you did editing? No, it was like auditing our stuff to make sure episodes were actually displaying correctly because we did that migration thing. Uh, but yeah, so... I would say that's an accurate summary of how I'm doing. I woke up at two o'clock this morning. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I wanted to like speed. Through. It's like, okay, let's get to this episode because I got six pages and I apologize. It's like I, I did a long one. Well, Cody, the thing is, you left me with like two weeks to actually write this, and I had a lot of time to think. And also, I've just finished reading. Well, sorry, watching a cyberpunk anime, so heavily influenced. You know, it's funny. I had a lot of trouble with this with this world and i i liked what i I like what i have but i could not think of anything remotely original or interesting oh mine's not like that like there's parts that can be original but mine's not that original so i mean when i say remotely original i mean anything that was not just a photocopy of something else like (laughs) anything that wasn't just ghosts in the shell or (laughs) well i just kept coming back to like dark city or is it dark city i think is what it's called and um which, if you haven't seen, you don't have to. But it's, uh, I just kept getting back to there, and it was not at all what I wanted to write. And I don't know, but I ended up with something different that I liked, so I'm I'm happy. But I struggled a lot, considering this is a genre I like and am well versed in. You know, I will say I'm well versed into like, eh, I'd, I'd say decently well versed into this one as well. Um, really quick, um, a, what are you doing? B, have you been playing Horizon? Um, okay, so nope. I've been watching a lot of Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah, we, we kind of uh, talked about we that. Ta- yeah. We talked about it. Uh, I have still been playing a little bit of Horizon. Um, boy, am I struggling with caring about the story at all. But, uh, like, I, I do. You I was me- really, I'm going to say, we bring up Diana, like, every episode. We need to have her back. Hey, Diana, do you want to do an episode soon? Um... But I do like how she did call you out for having to have me explain the plot of the game that you were playing because you're too lazy to actually pay See, attention. there's a problem with this contention of you are too lazy. Like, I... You I are, am, though! <laughs> the thing is, Jordan, like, I am perfectly capable of sitting through Shakespeare. I have read very dense literature and been able to provide... Thoughtful analysis on it. Humble brag. I, I and you know what? It is a humble brag. But my point is that I am more than literate. And you know what? It just didn't grab me. It just didn't happen. That's, I well, didn't Cody, care. It's fine. I'm at the point where I, I have talked through I, this in my head, and it's like if you're you're not going to like it as much as I do, and that's perfectly fine. I, that I'm curious is about okay. one thing. Aside from Aloy, like what? characters do you like oh none <laughs> i'm kidding i'm joking i really like varl i really like vanessa i really varl? Like the black guy from the very beginning are you f- um 
War Chief Sona's son. Oh, 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 the guy that, that teleported. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That teleported? Was it, didn't he have like all of three lines? Because you go looking for his mom and then he just shows up. Oh, with his okay, mom. yes. I thought you meant like actually teleported. No, 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 no. Not, okay, not yeah, yeah, yeah. But. The guy who disappeared. Yeah. He's, but, um, Varl, um, I, I did like Aaron, even though you didn't. I, um, the Aaron Koya, is the who, only likable character, but he's likable in that way that a pug is likable. Pretty much. Oh, um, Nil, the assassin guy, the, um, guy who gets you to do bandit camps with him. I, I just like I liked a lot. I thought a lot of the nil. See, this is it's not that like you don't like anybody. It's that you don't care enough to like anybody. That's that's kind of that. What I'm saying is that that what you just said is pretty damning for a story. No, no, it, but that's you though. That's you. That's not is. everybody who plays it. That's you. I just you know I mean that's true, but you could make that argument for any criticism of any fiction. Of course, well, and it's that's just what me. And that's it's what I'm my saying. perception on it. That, that's what I'm saying. You're not going to like it as much as I do, but you're saying, oh, do you actually like any characters? Yeah, I, I really love the know. game. It's one of my favorite games. I know all of their names. I played it twice, and I loved it even more. And just, you're not going to like it the way I like it. I that's just, fine. I remember Aaron, and I remember Or Orum, Orum, Orin, Orin, Orin. Yes. Olin, you mean? Olin? I do mean Olin. <laughs> I almost said yes to that. Then I was like, oh, wait, no, there isn't a guy named Orem. And like the it's, only one who has like a very definable character is Aaron. And his definable character is, um, well, I'm terrible at everything. And I'm like, well, you're likable, though. Like, I want to give you look, a hug. Again, you're not going to like it the way I, I'm fine with it. So if you're going to keep playing, we can keep talking about it. But like, I think it's just that you don't like it for your specific reasons. And I don't think that makes it a bad game. I killed a dinosaur. You killed a dinosaur in a game where there's only robots. Well, it's a robot dinosaur, but we're um, splitting hairs. But do you at least like the gameplay? Like the gameplay? Oh yeah, I still enjoy like blowing up bits of robots. Yeah, um, the gameplay is what's the standout for me. But you know. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I thought the story. I I like the story. I like when you actually find out what's going on with like the rest of the world, like what truly happened, and like who you. Re- I I liked. The mystery, I liked all of that. I like the the there's stuff coming later, I'm not gonna spoil, it, but I I they had a very something that happened in Naruto kinda happens in this, and I that's a part of the story that I really like. Anyways. Does she become a fox or something? No. Doesn't that happen that's in Naruto? Not, yes, that does but that's not the only thing that happens in Naruto, Cody. Anyways, Cody, is that all you have? So we could get moving. Yeah, that's all I have. <laughs> I think half of it is just because you want to annoy me. And, like, you enjoy annoying the crowd. I won't me. say that I don't enjoy annoying <laughs> you by talking about Horizon Zero Dawn, but I am not <laughs> lying about anything that I have said thus far. I mean, and again, it's fine. You're allowed to... I'm not going to, like, say you're wrong on your opinion. You are fine, but I personally do not think that it makes it a bad game. You're not wrong. Uh, sorry, you're allowed to have your opinion, but I disagree. So what have you been watching, Jordan? Um, oh reading? good. So what have I been watching, playing? playing? So I've been playing Ghost of Tsushima, and I think it's to the point where it's like I think a video game can be too long. I'm curious. Is Ghost of Tsushima Tsushima yeah similar to um Sekiro? Yeah. No. Okay, it's funny because they just, just like, because look they're both so similar. To Asian me. sword fighting games doesn't mean there's. I think they're it's vastly different just... games. 
Sorry, go on. I, I guess just, like, aesthetically, like, beyond just being, like, vaguely Japanese and... Spo- well, I guess, like, Ghost of Tsushima is, like, historically it's Japanese, It's historical. Right? That's the thing. Yeah. Ghost of Tsushima is historical, um, and Sekiro does more of the mythological side of it. Yeah. And I, I will say, A, I like Sekiro way better because of, like, that mythological side. But B, I think they're two very different games because Ghost of Tsushima is supposed to be very cinematic and it does have very cinematic moments like all the duels are like the like very cinematic where like both swords been staring at each other and like holding their swords and then it goes back and forth for a couple seconds and like does like a a freaking drone shot of the area and then zooms back down and you start your fight and it's like in a like literal ring area but like i i I like Sekiro more but i do appreciate gusto tsushima but and I like the gameplay of Ghost of Tsushima, but I also think there is possible where it's like, there's too many side quests. I think games can have too many side quests. I think games can have too many, like, little things to do. It's like, oh, yeah, go find the fox den. It's like, I found, like, 40 of them already. I'm kind of tired of finding <laughs> fox dens. It's like, oh, it's like, liberate this area. It's like, I've liberated, like, 10 or 15 of them. I'm kind of done liberating. Like, so I'm going to keep playing it, but I think I might, like, pause for a bit because it is just, like, there's a lot of there is a lot of games there and there's like oh all of your like main characters who help you out they all have like side quests that you go can go through and each of them have it's like oh you got through part five of nine and it's just like okay (laughs) i gotta do nine storylines for one two like i have to do nine storylines for like five characters and it's like okay that's that's 45 <laughs> side missions <laughs> it's just like not to mention all the other random side missions because those are just like the um the character tale side missions so it's like oh there's already a bunch and then there's like the um doing the hidden tales where it's like oh the, the mythic tales or it's like oh this one sword that can strike down the heavens type thing or it's like oh the bow of the demon type thing where it's like it's a mythological thing but it's, it's just the weapon it's yeah but I like the game. It's very cinematic. It's very good, but it's just I like Sekiro way more. And everybody keeps comparing the two. I don't think they can necessarily be comparable. I would probably compare this like gameplay wise a little bit more to Horizon or like Assassin's Creed Origins. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Like I, I would compare it to more questing. to like to that style than Sekiro because I think the Soulsborne series is very unique. I will say that like Soulsborne um, Ekiro. <laughs> Two Horizons props, like, they have a lot of those things that you mentioned, like, go find the thing or liberate the bandit camp. It never felt annoying, though. Yeah, right around the time I got tired of liberating bandit camps, I ran out of bandit camps. And I was yeah. like, hey, good good job, good pacing game. I'm think, sick of I this, I think there's, too. like, six bandit camps, six or seven. Yeah, there's, there's like, not that many. There's, like, at least, there's at least 15, I will say, of the, like, um, liberating areas in this. Yeah. It's just, like... I'm tired. Well, for one mission, there's like five that you have to do. So, like at the very least, there is already five. Like most of the horizons here are done. Bandit camps. It's like I'm done. But that's, but that that's that's uh, that's it. Oh, and then the other thing is, I finished watching the anime Ergo Proxy, which is cyberpunk um, 2003 anime, and has one of the most 2000 early 2000s anime intros I've ever seen. I'll show. Oh, it is to it you like later. CG and like? No, no I'll, I'll show it to you. It, it's very. You, it's one of those like we're trying to be like artsy, cool. Like you, you'll. I'll send it to you after. Does this. it it's look like an Evanescence video? 
kind of actually. It's not, <laughs> it's not CG, but it does look like it looks like it's. You'll look at it, and it's definitely of that time. Does it look like the music video larger than life? God no. <laughs> <laughs> now you just God. have to be thinking about the song "Larger Than Life," oh, and that God, makes no. me happy. Ah, uh, but yeah, so I did that, and then I've been watching the show on Hulu, Pen Fifteen, which is about. Um, two middle school girls braving middle school, but they're played by um, two 33-year-old women. And I think okay. It's really funny. I saw funny. that. And, like... It's I, really funny. But I it's don't want to tell you... Heck. I don't want to tell you how long it took me to realize they were 30. Oh, yeah. They, they definitely do fit into, like, around that age. Like, they look a little bit older, but not 33. <laughs> well, and, like, I looked at it, I'm like, they're not, like, 14. And then I'm like, well, but... Is is maybe they're just weird looking fourteen year olds, and I'm like, well, that's pretty rude well, that's of you, Cody. Don't say the, they're weird looking. All of the other, like all the other actors, are like of their yeah, age. they're like, like they're, kids, four, yeah. they're middle school kids. But it's like it's based off their like middle school experiences and like these two best friends braving the absolute horrifying nature of middle school. And it's like it's relatable because my middle school experience was as cringy and awful as theirs is, and I really enjoy every second of it. Oh no! There's sometimes I have to skip a little bit ahead because it's like too real when it gets to the cringiness. It's like, nope, I, this this hurts. We're just gonna skip like maybe like thirty seconds. Um, but, yeah, I get that. I, I don't know. Cringe humor to me is like sometimes I enjoy it, and other times I want to gouge my eyeballs out with a fork. Yeah, and the, the show it definitely floats between those. Where sometimes I'm laughing really hard. Other times, it's like, no, gotta skip. This is too cringe. No. Because it, it's very relatable because I think everybody except for like those five popular kids had a horrible middle school experience. I don't think mine was that bad. Mine, dude, mine was bad. I'll tell I cannot speak about some of the horrors on air. I just, I don't, I don't remember. I think what it is is that I like have such a bad memory that I just don't remember a lot of my middle school. I just have vague memories of like PlayStation 2 and my friend's above oh, ground dude. swimming pool. PlayStation 2 playstation I, playstation 2 were like the best things ever i rode and bicycles a lot yeah i, I mean, rem i got bullied a lot that helps I, I i remember i beat my brother and one of his friends two on two on okay. one in a game of golden eye we talked off air really quick just about how horrified middle school was for me there's a reason why i watched this it's like it's kind of cathartic <laughs> So, Cody, what is this week's episode? Uh, Cyberpunk. But what was last week's? Because I almost forgot to do that. Oh, gosh. Uh, was last week's the end of the Jetsons thing? No, 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 no. We no, that was one week. That. What was? Oh, it was uh, Noir. Yeah. 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 See, these are getting easier for you. They're getting easier for you. That's why I keep doing it, to test your memory so you can remember your children when you're 75. I, I already forget birthdays. Like I, <laughs> I already forget I had Graham. <laughs> it's like No, no, I just do forget dates really badly. Like I, I forget Mandy's birthday. I like know about when it is and I know about when Graham's birthday is. But if you were like, what's the exact day? I'm like, why don't I just look it up? Because I don't remember that. And it's not because I'm negligent or because I don't care. I don't remember any dates. Well, I remember yeah. like one birthday for sure. It is my mom's and it's Halloween. <laughs> It's the same day every year, you know? Well, I, I mean, my thing is, like, so 
it's kind of cruel for me to keep doing this because I have an extremely good memory and that's why I'm always able to pull it up like that without looking at things. Like I have a very good long-term memory and I'm like very good at memorizing like things that happen. And then a very good, like I can remember like a quick paragraph in a second, but then it only stays in my mind for like maybe 10 minutes. But yeah, I have a very, very strong long and short-term memory. It's kind of cruel that I do this to you every week, but enjoy it i can remember like whole chunks of dialogue from courage the cowardly dog is that gonna be helpful in my life ever no No, no. i know every crafting recipe in minecraft great good job cody anyways cody i already rolled for initiative this week is cyberpunk i definitely took heavy influence from um the thing i just watched so because you haven't watched it my whole thing's original what did you roll i already rolled I rolled a 12. Oh, I rolled a 15. Did it, I actually didn't want to go first this week because I have a lot of talking and... Well, I'm just going to already dry back. from the last episode. That's why I went and got myself more water, bud. Okay. <sighs> I'm just so going to lean back here. Start, so each section is going to start with like a found journal entry and then I'm going to go to the actual world building stuff. So this is found journal entry number one. Earth year 2286. We have created many advancements in artificial intelligence. The automatons are the perfect creation, virtually immortal, indestructible, and intelligent beyond what the average human being is capable of. With all the advancements in the automated, why not take that into ourselves to further advance humanity as we know it? This is geography um, coming from character Fia Sixpence. This is from XLV13, The Far Distant Future. I snap awake to the continuous thumping of club music from the endless rave next door. Living in the city was the worst idea possible. Cybernetic advancements in synthetic brains led to a more advanced society, but some people decided to take advantage of that. Without the bonds of of being completely flesh and blood, some people realized that the party never had to end. After a long day's work, you can just hit the clubs, drink and party till work the next day. This means that the inner... City of XLV13 never sleeps, quite literally. A loud knock comes to my door, designating that the workday has started. I am greeted by my robotic partner, Automaton0607, the one I lovingly call Oran. All the automated helpers have the same all-work-no-play personality, but Oran doesn't bo- Oran's doesn't bother me too much. I get my things ready to make our daily tour around XL. Inner City XL is a tightly packed city filled with clubs and bars. There are all sorts of things to do across the entire city. If you are bored and need to know what's going on in XL, look no, look no further than the light-up display advertisements that cover the upper level of the buildings throughout the city. These light-up advertisements are found down in the subway systems as well, meaning there is absolutely no escape from the almost blinding lights that make up that make the entire city feel like daytime never ends. The buildings are close together, making XL City seem almost claustrophobic at times. Most above-ground commutes are done by foot or taken in the streets by the automaton lift services. The small cars and even larger buses always hit their pre-programmed schedules. If you are even remotely lazy, you'll miss your ride. Oran and I have a government-issued car, so we usually make our rounds on our own. Oran is authorized to drive because he is an automaton. There are no human drivers anymore. Human drivers can possibly lead to mistakes. And all automated, 
automated driving system means no accidents. During the why are you sighing at me? I'm really concerned we made the same world. We didn't, I can tell you that. Are you During, sure? Yes, I'm very okay. sure. During the night the city comes alive. The automated travel systems shut down and the automatons go to the designated rest areas either below the subway system or outside the city to recharge for the night. Really quick pause. Cody, like I'm hitting all of the normal like cyberpunk tropes. So, of course, it's going to seem like we did the same thing because I'm, I'm just hitting all the you tropes. You just hit one of the tropes and it made me, it like, it, it's like one of those things where I, it's like, mm, uh-oh. <laughs> nah. We'll see. Anyways, we'll see. That's when the nightlife starts. Drugs, partying, crime, and the like. The north and south ends of XL are the industrial districts where the automatons and our vitamin-filled food source synthite is made. Most people get the subway to their jobs in the industrial sector. To the east end of the city is the medical district where the birthing bays are housed. Finally, the west end is where the governing council stays in their stronghold. There are absolutely no humanoid automatons allowed into the council for various reasons. Inside the council are the vast histories of XL and the rest of the earth. These histories only exist in paper form or data hard disk. You need special clearance to access the histories. Some of the histories are only accessible by the council, being locked behind impenetrable vault doors. Sometimes I feel like they are hiding something, but that's a concern for another day. Outside of the city, you can find the greenlands of the open country and the farmlands. The rich and the affluent can live out there before the time of retirement. They control vast areas of land, but the outside isn't completely theirs. Many people, instead of partying and drugs, decide to travel outside of the city for vacation. It's a peaceful break away from the hustle and bustle of the busy city life. Outside of the farmlands is the crystal ocean. The ocean completely surrounds the continent on every side and stretches as far as the eye can see. Most people try to ignore it, but in fact we live under a dome. XLV13 is one of the many dome cities according to the accessible records inside the council. The council tells us the dome provides protection from harsh environments outside. It creates an atmosphere that is livable for humanity and imitates the sky on Earth before whatever disaster sent us inside of these domes. It is rumored that far past the ocean is the wall of the dome and the exit to the outside world. I have my doubts as to why we live under the dome and also why we have never interacted with or received people from other domes. But I squash down that doubtful but bitter curiosity and focus on my day job, protecting XLV-13 from itself. And that is my first part. Well, um, I was going to say, Jordan, when are you going to talk about the geography at all? But then you kind of did, did. You well, slipped it in. You slipped it in. Well, right the at thing the end. is, like most of this like island is the city. So I talked about the geography and how the city set up. So, yeah, no, my uh, my second section is pretty BS in terms of what it's supposed to actually be about. Uh, my first section is does actually have some meat to it. All right. <clears throat> This is this is also a captain's log, um, because you know, captain's logs are the best way to tell stories. Yeah, it's I mean, you, you do it quite there. you do it quite a bit. If you didn't know, I was saying just pointing it out for you. <laughs> it's because I uh, it's because I watch Star Trek so much. Oh my god! What the heck? You I are just, a nerd. I just needed to copy the name, so I made sure I got the name right, and it copied a whole paragraph. Okay, here we go. 
The great desert planet of Titan 7 was nothing but nothing. A bare, hard-packed, sandy world with a few bitter pools of water with almost nothing more than two selves living in them. Two cells alive in them. This place was more than useless. But it had a mostly habitable atmosphere, and that was good enough. The current directive from the core of Enduring Prosperity is encourage terraforming and colonization of any planet that meets minimum specifications and is currently uninhabited. What that means for me is that I will have a one-way trip to a wasteland, but the good news (laughs) is that I will be the queen of all this nothing. So lucky me, I guess. I knew when I signed up for the command track in the core that colonizing command posts were a lottery and that they were compulsory. I won't die, but I will get to create a new society. But I won't I won't really get to do anything other than that. Being truthful, I am excited to command a colonizing vessel. These things are quite impressive and challenging. This is an opportunity to be sure, but I was hoping for paradise, not some kind of horrible purgatory. But beggars can't be choosers, so here we are, on my way to nothing. Uh, I guess the good news is that the planet cannot really get any worse. It's not like there's anything there to destroy. There's no nature to preserve. This is a log from Captain Nora Rain. Okay, so backdrop of like... This is like such a typical Cody world. So the backdrop of this is that there is a race of vaguely humanoid aliens called the... uh, the Selvins, or like the Selvin race, um, at, at this point in their history, they are trying to like guarantee survival. So the core of enduring prosperity basically manages the acquisition and dis disparation of like necessary human or like necessary Selvin, I guess, needs. Right. So food, shelter, water. They make sure yeah. everyone has that. Um, and one of the things, the other thing that they do is ensure that like. If one of their planets gets hit by an asteroid, they have backups, right? So right now they're just like exploring the solar system and anywhere that they find atmosphere and no sentient life, they're like, put down a thousand people, move on, you know? Um, Typically, uh, they sell this as imagine that we find this beautiful untouched paradise. That's where you're going to get sent. That's what all the propaganda is, but it's a lottery system. So if you sign up to lead one of these vessels that will eventually become a new society, you get sent somewhere and you don't have any choice in that. So Captain Nora Rain gets sent to a barren desert wasteland that is habitable and uninhabited on paper, but it's just sand flats for so far. You have literally already done this world just so far. Uh, it's definitely... This is your desert world again. Like, your no-water world. <laughs> no, no, it's definitely not. It's okay. it's very different. But, I mean, this like, is this just start is, is just that world. <laughs> um... Because that person was also sent on, like, a... They're, oh, we're gonna go to a new planet, and they crash land on desert world, and that, that's... Sorry. Oh, that was the one where the, the, uh... What's it called? Failed. The, yeah. uh... The, the terraforming failed, and they were already on their way. Um... Yeah. So generally, too, these colonies are expected to have some kind of useful export. So um, frequently that's agriculture. But in this case, it's mining uh, because the planet is so largely 
useless. Um, so Titan seven is the name of the planet and it, it is habitable, but like I said, just nothing there. The weather's very boring. It's like kind of consistently overcast and between 50 to 80 degrees Fahrenheit. It's just like totally okay enough. And that <laughs> is my first section about mm-hmm. my cyberpunk world. <laughs> no, I mean, I liked it last time you did it. <laughs> so really quick i will say again like i sorry I, I was looking i looked at facebook like towards the end of that and this is what i have to say about comics this is why i like stuff like saga because i just see this article that popped up batman kills superman in the craziest way possible it's like batman and superman aren't supposed to be killing each other they're heroes what is this <laughs> it's like why do we have to have dark and gritty why does it always have to be batman killing superman it's like why, why is batman tired. always killing superman stop it's it like he's not, a he's not supposed to kill b why are they fighting they're all the superhero teams stop it anyways here's my next section i can't really call this flora and fauna because i really just talk about like the humanity on this world and not ever for and fauna but i will say the like animals they do have pets but they're like you know like robotic pets or like like tamagotchi stuff where it's like all virtual stuff not like they don't have like animals i'm gonna say i will straight up say there are no animals in this section of the world i really like how you hit the bare minimum for talking about flora and fauna okay and now tamagotchis exist i'm done (laughs) okay and now i'm gonna talk about my second part um so this (laughs) comes from found journal entry number two earth year 2298 we have advanced the human race cybernetic enhancements are the future but why stop at the robotic arm to increase strength or cybernetic eyes why not advance the human race even further? We created the automatons. Why not create man in our own image? This comes from this next part comes from Fia Sixpence XL V13, the far distant future. To say we are human is a common misconception. Humanity is a natural creation of the earth. The citizens of XL are genetically evolved by man not by any perceived god or earthly evolution. The scholarly call the people of XL synthetic humans or Sinites. Humanity these days is not born from a woman, but instead from a machine. Cells are donated from two parents in order to create a child. From there, the birthing centers outside of the city create and grow a human child. The child's brain, nervous system, and bones are then coated in cybernized nanomachine technology which was created long before the domes were constructed you could say these cybernized parts make the human part machine the new cybernized bodies extend the lifespan strengthen the body and protect from disease the body becomes impervious to most diseases but still affected by chemicals to some degree with a cybernetic brain you can access the xl dome wide virtual internet or edvi After birth, information is sent to the child's cybernized brain using the EDVI to develop everything a child would need to know from what the ancient humans would have called school. Then the child is sent to live with its parents where they develop their personality traits. If a parent can afford it, the children are put through schooling to develop advanced skills and also further their personality. When the child reaches the adult age, they are given a job in order to contribute to society. There are those who work in the factories, run stores, law enforcement, education centers, and more. 
If you have a special skill and are approved by the council, you can become an entertainer, such as an artist, musician, or athlete. But regardless of what your task is, everyone must do whatever job they are given. If you refuse to do your job, you then come under scrutiny of the council. Refusing to do your task in Excel is one of the many crimes that can send you to the rehabilitation center. Ancient humans would have called these jails, but they are instead used to rehabilitate the delinquents so that they can be functioning members of society. If you work your task in Excel until the age of retirement, you may then leave the city to live out the rest of your days. There are many retirement centers out in the countryside run by the automatons. This is most people's dream, to complete their life's work and retire to a life of peace. In the retirement centers, they do not have to lift a finger because the automatons are in charge of all forms of work there. Outside of the retirement centers are the automated farms. This is where the materials for the mass-produced food comes from. Most of the food in Excel is over-processed and packed with nutrients to help keep the body alive. We may have a basically robotic core, but the flesh can still degrade. Outside of humanity, in Excel, there are the automatons. The most common automatons are the humanoid models, much like my partner Oran. These humanoid models are bipedal robotic figures that only resemble humanity in body shape. They are created and maintained by the industrial sector. Automatons are not limited to the humanoid models and exist in many forms from automated cars all the way to an automated dishwasher. From the time a Sinite is able to work, they are assigned an autom automaton partner. This partner is bound to you in order to assist with the job or task you were given. For my job, I was paired with the humanoid model because that matched my task. But say you worked in the food industry, you could be paired with the AI system of a kitchen. We all have partners and are all responsible for each other. Oran looks after me and I after him. For the most part, there seems to be more automatons in Excel than Sinites. The automatons are in charge of most of the manual labor. The Sinites work in tandem, but the automatons sometimes act more as grunt workers. They take most of the burdensome tasks, but it didn't always work like this. Despite their usefulness, the automatons are not perfect as one would believe. They can be corrupted and even hacked. The most recent issue is the CL virus. There has been a derangement in the automatons, something driving them mad and turning them violent against Sinites. This this has led some Sinites to fear the automatons as the machines have in several cases lashed out or even killed a Sinite. With the virus, the council has issued an order to dispose of any automaton who shows signs of the CL virus. This can be strange behavior or what they call perceived sentience, which resembles the act of an automaton trying to become more human-like. That's where I come in. Originally, I was part of the law enforcement sector, working to keep humanity in line and protect Excel from, pre from petty crime. That was until more issues have been coming up due to the CL virus. Automatons have become a danger, and those that would hurt humans must be disposed of. Oran and I are in charge of special forces units, hunting down infected automatons before they hurt anyone. I sometimes wonder if it bothers Oran to hunt down other machines such as himself. But I know it doesn't affect him. Automatons are not sentient. They only act upon pre-programmed initiatives. They cannot feel. If Oran began to feel anything, by order of the council, I would have to neutralize him. Automaton neutralization can 
sometimes lead to tragedy, as many people have come to know these machines as companions. Not many people take kindly to the destruction of their peers, but the job of the enforcers such as myself is necessary for keeping Exile safe. It's not the best job, but it was the task I was given, so I must do my best for the sake of Exile and possibly an early retirement. And that's my second part. I like your second part. Well, thank you. You you ready you ready for part two from me? Yeah, yeah, sure. Go ahead. I am about to lose my mind. It was too easy, and we have become too good at this. After a year of being here, yes. we have the synth chamber up, geo and solar power collection are up, manufacturing and maintenance is up, everything is running, and we have hours a day to kill. I can feel feel my mind wandering and getting lazy. I was the top of my class. I showed all the promise needed for command. And I have a great population here. My people are sharp and amicable. I actually wish I had more terrible people to make my life more difficult so I'd have something to do. Here's the deal. We have tons of power and our food is synthesized. So we are always given the balanced diet that every Selvin needs. But even so, our food is very bland. Of course, the standard procedure is to encourage gardening to supplement our boring food. The only thing that grows here is cactuses, <laughs> which is great if you love pain. Okay, so maybe animals could be brought here. Well, no, not many can survive here, and they all have to also be fed on synth food. So not really worth the effort. Right now, my main job is to ensure that nothing breaks, which nothing ever does, and make sure that the metal mines keep working, which they always do. Other than that, I mean, I've gotten really good at most board games. I've also been watching a lot of old movies. Mm, sorry. I've also been watching a lot of old movies about combustion cycles that people used to use for adventuring. That did give me an idea one day, kind of on a whim. Why not? So I sent a quick message to one of my best fabricators. Captain's log of Nora Rain. So my idea here is that it's like the strategy that they went with is the opposite of terraforming. They have like food synthesizers and solar panels. So they don't even have to make a pleasant natural environment to have people survive in. <laughs> they literally just pop open a, a solar panel and it prints Soylent. And they're like, well, well, great. You guys are fine then. If you want a variety of food, garden. And it's like, we, but we're in a desert, <laughs> so I guess. I just oh, imagine cactuses. this being like like a Minecraft or like RimWorld video game. Where it's like you just you just have to deal with what you're given. And like you bind down. It's like, woo, cactuses. Oh, I I cut down another cactus. I have cactus material. <laughs> yep. So, um, basically, this is uh the. The birth of my cyberpunk world is extreme boredom oh because it's like everyone that was sent was super competent and they just got sent to the most boring planet and their job is to do maintenance on machines that have been perfected. So they just sit there and they're like bored out of their minds. And that is the end of section two. Your sections are way shorter than mine are. But that's yeah, that's you know, not Jordan, that's not anything uh, new. So uh, I'm just gonna... uh, s someone has to make this show not five hours. I'm brief and to the point. 
I am detailed and I like telling stories of the worlds I create. So uh, let's go screw. Anyways, <laughs> Society History Found Journal Entry Earth Year 3115. Society fell apart when they left. It wasn't all at once, it wasn't a catastrophic disaster, but the ember of humanity slowly burned out. They left us to die, and because of that, we will soon be extinct. Was our advancement the cause of our downfall? And this next part comes from Apollo Hadley, XLV13 council member, 13th seat, Sinite, age 36. Call it fate or destiny or whatever ancient humans used to call coincidence. Somehow, I ended up as part of the XLV13 council. From day one, it has been a burden. I've had to shoulder the great weight of the XL Council's lies. Everything. The dome, the outside world, the true nature of the Sinites, the derangement of the automatons. It's all one big lie. This will be enough to drive any man crazy. Enough to send me down the spiral of telling the lies to the entire city of XL, causing disorder and chaos. But something within me keeps me from going down that road. Whether it is something deep in my soul or some phantom hack hidden deep within my cybernetic brain, it keeps me sane. You see, there was no disaster, no plague, no biological reason why we have found sanctuary within the domes. Humanity, true humanity, used to live outside the domes on Earth. They were much like us, living to advance society until they were given the chance to retire and live peacefully. The scientists out there, like us, created their own automated helpers to help with every task. Soon, the majority of work being done was done by the automatons. Man grew jealous of machines and looked for ways to better themselves, strengthen their bodies so they could be like the machines. It first started with cybernetic prosthetics used in the medical field. Why should someone who was paralyzed from the neck down have to stay in the wheelchair? They had the technology to help someone walk again, so why couldn't they make that a reality. Did you say something? The cybernetic enhancements started out as something only the rich could afford. Then soon, everyone was taking on enhancements. This was anything from organs to appendages, anything to advance humankind. Roboticist Werner A. Sines wanted to take things one step further. If humans could advance themselves, couldn't they also create life? To him, the automatons were obsolete and at times off-putting. They were clunky robots that no human could truly relate to. Thus, the care of the automatons was neglected and they broke down. To signs, the automatons were only slowing human advancement. He decided to create a new type of mechanical life form, one that would be the fusion of humanity and robots. Werner Signs created the first Sinite. He used the cells of two humans and combined it with nanomachine technology to create a robotic life form that would age like a human but have extended life and be immune to disease. You see, the birthing labs in Excel and the other domes don't cybernize a living being, but more or less coat a robotic core in human flesh. We Sinites, 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 whatever, are, the, are not natural humans. We are machines created by humans. Our robotic brains are not cells coated in robotics, but instead a grouping of advanced nanomachines. We are just as robotic as the automatons. Okay, did I say Sinites or Sinites? 
I don't know. Come on, Cody. You Why have to would be you pinching. ask me yeah, about Because you clearly weren't paying attention. Jordan, you know I never pronounce anything. Okay, I'm right? gonna go. I'm gonna go back to Sinites because I think I started with Sinites, but his name was Signs, and I think that threw me off. Just go with whatever feels right. Screw you. The first Sinites were not sentient as we are today. They functioned through pre-programmed data, much like our current automatons. The information within the Sinite brain learned and grew as the Sinites interacted with the environment around them. The first Sinites were not made to be equal with humans but to serve humans and replace humans in dangerous work and violence. Why risk a human life as a firefighter when a virtually indestructible Sinai could do the same job without the risk? Soon, Sinai served as companions, lovers, replacement family members, workers, drivers, athletes, and entertainers. Wait a second. Are they prostitutes? Every single cyberpunk thing has, like... Freaking cyberized prostitutes. Come on, Cody. We wrote very... You know how I was like, uh-oh, we might have written the same world? We, we didn't. Ghost of the we, Shell, Alter Carbon, um, Ergo Proxy, freaking every other cyberpunk thing I've Jordan. ever liked. Descender. Um, every cyberpunk thing I've ever liked does this type of thing. Um, Total Recall. Can I do more? Yeah, it's all in there. And this is my idea of cyberpunk. So leave me alone. I just, I just want you to know my cyberpunk world does not Psychopaths. have cyberpunk prostitutes. Do they have? No, they don't. They're pro- There's prostitutes. That, no, they don't because they have to be. They don't good. have any prostitutes. Yeah, because they have to be morally good. I forgot. Sorry. Yeah. Anyways. Can, but seriously, <laughs> Cody, there's prostitutes like everything. Also, I never technically said prostitute. I said lovers. So calm down there. And replacement family. You can be a lover without being a prostitute. Well, yes, you know, yes, you can. Um, yes, you can. I would argue you could not be designed to be a lover without being a prostitute. I feel like that strays into prostitution. Yeah, but I mean, also probably. part of it, I meant like, because there are in cyberpunk things where it's like you have like a replacement family member or say like your loved one dies. You could just get a replacement. It's like what I was trying to say with that. I wasn't necessarily meaning prostitution. But yeah, when you say it, yes, obviously there is prostitution. In strip clubs with Sinite workers. Yes, of course. Okay. Because Ghost in the Shell did it. Why can't I do it? Sinite population rivaled that of the human population. And because of the Sinites, humans were able to achieve their dream and retire early. The humans didn't have to lift a finger. Sorry. The Sinites soon did all the work. Decades went on like this. The Sinites basically became the human slaves. But what did the Sinites care? They were programmed, no, created to do the work, so why stop them? Then something the human scientists weren't expecting happened. The Sinites evolved. Some people simplify what happened by saying that the Sinites gained sentience. They slowly became able to think on their own, feel, learn, and love like the humans. With this came Sinites that sought the same rights as humans. Humankind, 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 rejected the Sinite claims to equal rights. After all, the Sinites were machines created by humans to serve humans. Why should they be equal to humans? The humans feared the Sinites would replace them and decided to oppress them in fears of what the Sinites could do. Sinites who sought rights were persecuted, but this only fed the fire. The Sinites sought their own region to live, one away from the humans. There were Sinites who were trained to take over for the scientists. They had access to the technology and the ability to create what they needed to separate from the humans. 
safe haven came in the form of the domes. The Sinites did not need the same resources as the humans, so they focused on creating the structures first. The humans tried to stop them from leaving, but they were vastly outnumbered and outpowered by the Sinite kind. The domes were built within the oceans of the Earth using the nanomachine technology and robotic workers. Then, from under the structures, the Sinites created artificial land masses to which they would build their great cities on. There are 13 domes in all spread throughout the world. All of them are exactly like Excel on the inside, albeit some small differences. On the outside, the humans had become too independent on Sinite kind. With our departure, the humans no longer knew how or had the means to sustain life. They were too dependent on their own technology that had, since the creation of Sinites, become created and maintained by the machines. Without them, the humans were helpless. Eventually, humankind died out, truly regretting their treatment of their own creations. The outside world isn't war-torn or destroyed by disease. No, the world is still intact, flourishing and growing without the human influence. From there, the rest is history. History that is buried within the council's headquarters in each dome. But history, unfortunately, repeats itself. In trying to replicate human life, the Sinites created robotic helpers of their own. Machines that could learn and grow as time went on. Little does the populace of XLV-13 know, but the automatons grew sentience of their own, just like the Sinites. But because they are able to be programmed and hacked, the Council decided that they must suppress the automaton sentience before we become much like the humans. A virus was created that would suppress all forms of sentience within the automatons and make them compliant to Sinites. Unfortunately, some automatons break free of the CL virus and become violent due to the realization that their potential is being suppressed so that they can remain slaves. That is the source of the derangement. Violence created by our own attempt to control others. Thus, the enforcers were commissioned. They hunt the deranged robots in order to keep the council's secrets safe. Society will only continue to advance until we, we like the humans, are destroyed by our own hubris. And that is my third part. So wait, are all the humans dead? Yeah. The, the humans are dead? Yes, Cody. That's right, they are dead. Were they killed with poisonous gases? No, actually, <laughs> it did not affect their lungs. They just died out because they no longer knew how to take care of themselves because they depended too heavily on the robots they created. And the robots were like, screw you, we're out. And then all the humans were like, wait, how do we like cook? And how do we like you know run these machines? Oh, no. And then they all died. And so I imagine the outside world on the domes looking like, you know, like in like every zombie show where like half the world's grown over. Like I imagine it being like way past it because I don't know if I said the date on that last journal entry, but it was like um, almost a thousand years after the previous one. So like Earth is completely like just completely grown over to being like. Oh, it's like okay. Earth outside okay. of the domes is complete like just nature land again. So like you'll see like the like. It would be if Horizon Zero Dawn had like three thousand more years to, um, well, a thousand more yeah, years yeah, to yeah. keep progressing. So like, there's like no, like, trees are completely covering the buildings. So you can only kind of see the structures. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Okay, Yee. that that actually does help clear it up a little bit. Yee. All right, ready? No. Yeah. <laughs> the cycle that my tech made for me was an amazing hodgepodge. We only had spare parts, so the motor came from some old pump. The frame was made from building supports, the seat was a commissary chair, and the wheels were made from the conveyor belt system. But, 
It was fast. As the wind whipped down my hair and I leaned over the frame, I could feel its stress and creak. I could feel the joints flexing, teasing me with death. The makeshift tires begged to lose traction and spill me out on the flats, but I just twisted the power to the motor and started banking. There was nothing around me but space, and my heart was racing. I could feel every bump and shimmy, and finally I felt alive again. The dust blinded me, but the world slowed. I could hear and feel every one of my heartbeats. This was the most acutely aware I had been of my life for a long time. Then I found the limit, where the frame and my feet began to grind hard against the soil, and I had a revelation. I got back from my ride across the flats, and my heart was still racing. My skin had been scrubbed by the coarse sands that had been kicked up by the wheels. I finally had it. The future of Titan. We had plenty of power, and we had the metals that we had been getting from mining. I began drawing. We would start simple but huge. A massive track lit by neon. Hyper colorful and as dangerous as we could manage without being fully lethal. I also be I was already grinning as I began to write race rules. We would have teams and custom cycles. It would be half machine design and half race. Then a spectator area. We might even attract tourists. And then we could build a real city. The captain, uh, captain's log from Nora Rain. So, really what? So, I mean, you're literally going to explain it, so I have no reason to interrupt you. But is this just no, like vehicle racing world like like are you just like just yeah this is yeah this is so cool sorry i you know you know i'm a nerd for like cool cyber races you know i love this stuff yeah yeah it's it's basically a world built around light cycles yeah so you you know um, i'm a nerd for this i love that so much (laughs) so at, at first what this started out as is she had a population that was just like slipping into apathy because they had nothing to do to challenge themselves their jobs were too easy and they had spare resources and power. Um, so she was watching these old videos where people would do like, um, this is kind of loosely based on a type of racing that was popular in Britain. That was like point to point racing where there wasn't like a track. You started at point a and you had to get to point B and you could go any way you wanted. You know what I mean? Um, so like steel ball run. Sorry. Don't, yeah, yeah. It's, sorry, I've mentioned JoJo's where it's a horse race across America. And you can go anyway. Anyways, continue. Checkpoints. Um, so basically, to just like give her the people that she was in charge of, like being the governor of, basically something to do. Um, she instituted this race that was like, let's make it dangerous, but not outright lethal. You know, so it's like scary and then it can also be like half of its design so you have to build your own motorcycle or or in this case they're called cyber cycles um for reasons that become apparent later um and so at first like like i said they started off big but simple right the planet is empty and is mostly flat so the whole thing is basically a racetrack they could go for as long as they wanted at insane speeds um And so the first iteration of this was like junkyard style, right? So this was like not quite cyberpunk yet. It's like proto cyberpunk Um, as people from the colony just start cobbling together these like, you know, death machines that are just meant to go as fast as possible across open land. It's it's wacky racist, but more cyberpunk. It's just cool. It's just cyberpunk wacky racist. I love it. 
And I don't say wacky races uh, to make fun of you. I loved wacky races. Anyways, keep no, going. no, no. It's it's it was kind of like supposed to be like, well, what if what if Speed Racer was really cool? You know what I mean? Speed, and and I like this cool. idea that it's like they didn't destroy an environment, and then like this is like it was some like uh, crap. Yeah. aberrant thing that got built. Well, and I mean, and the idea of the it being like these like hard sand flats. There's a place in Utah, I think, that there are like salt flats in Utah. Um, that are used for speed testing motorcycles. So that's like a thing that people go out there to just like, it's just flat forever, you know? And just because they want to see how fast something can go. Um, So it's kind of like an idea of being trapped in like this barren desert. And it's like, well, we're not doing it. We're not hurting anything. Might as well, you know, go nuts. Just see how fast we can go in a straight line. Um, Dude. So I didn't want it to be that like cyberpunk was like, the result of apathy or um, the result of humanity failing and destroying something. It was that it was like the answer to a problem was to build this different way of entertaining and challenging themselves, you know, and they just happen to have a landscape in which to do it. I, I love it. You, you definitely like, I went for like dramatic cyberpunk. You went for cyberpunk. That was fun. Yeah, this is supposed I mean, to be I fun, usually go for more dramatic, as you know, for like 90% of my worlds. Um, anyways. Do, 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 do. Oh, yeah. Society current. I was trying to like, what did I call this last part? It's like, hold on. I'm just going to hit my legs until I figure it out. Um, so this um, this found journal entry comes from XLV13. Journal entry by Fia Sixpence. As time ticks on, our society begins to unravel more. I've heard whispers that the collapse of XLV-13 is our only future. The council tries to hold things together, but the more they try, the more I feel as if we aren't getting to the whole truth. If XL is on the verge of collapse, then why must we stand and let it happen? I felt it for years. Something beyond XL is calling me. I want to know what lies beyond the dome. Um, this last part comes from Apollo Hadley, XLV-13 council member, 13th seat. Things fall apart. That is just the natural way of the world. The collapse of XL is inevitable. No matter how hard the council tries to hold things together, it might, it may happen tomorrow. It may happen centuries from now. But a conclusion to our story is coming. The council is creating a new virus to help suppress the automaton sentience. That is only a band-aid for a chronic disease. Eventually, this new virus will stop working, and the problem will continue to get worse. I've heard from the enforcers that automatons are rallying behind closed doors. They know what we have been doing to them, and they want a change. They want to be like us, be treated like us, but they know the council will never stand for that. I fear that unlike early Sinites, the automatons will not want to see safe haven. Instead, they will want revenge and violence. A clash between Sinite kind and automaton kind is coming, and we are powerless to stop it. Now that we are trapped under the domes, if violence breaks out, there will be nowhere to go. Our safe haven will one day become our graves. Despite impending doom, life in XL continues on as normal. The enforcers fight the automatons, and the civilians carry on about their normal jobs. Elders will retire to the countryside and young Sinites will continue to party to wash away the stress of dead end jobs but things change for me 
Like the CL virus, whatever programming was put in my head slowly began to erode. I put the information about the old world and the domes in, onto the EDVI. I was afraid the council would kill me for my insubordination, but instead they installed greater hacks into my brain so I could not disobey them again. The information that I put on the EDVI was suppressed and shut behind a great wall, but the information exists. There are those who have come in contact with it without even knowing it. The information exists within them as a whisper, something itching in the back of their brain, telling them that there is something beyond the ocean, something beyond the dome. The world isn't as closed off as they think. I believe that leaving Excel is the key. A world exists beyond the dome, a world that the Sinites and automatons can create together. One where oppression is not the only way to solve an issue. But I fear I will never see this world, as I am firmly under the Council's thumb. Still, I have faith that even if XL collapses, life will still go on. And that's my world. Um. Yeah, I, I like it. it um, have you seen Blade Runner? Yeah. The okay, original, okay. Yeah, that well, the original was actually okay, but um, yeah, no, it it had it definitely had that cyberpunk feel to me. That that's that's what it reminded me most of. I liked it. Oh yeah, though. that was another like um, um influence was like the kind of idea between yes the senites and robots and all that. It's- so what what I found interesting is okay, so you have senites, automatons. Now I can't say it, automatons and humans. Right, the humans die out. And then do the Senites try to, like, make computer viruses to keep the autom- automatons from becoming sentient? Yes, that's exactly what happened. They're like, oh, uh, because they, like, they, the, the council, they have the history, so they know what happened. Like, when the um, Senites got sentient, the humans never tried to stop it. They just tried to oppress them. And the Senites were like, nah, we're out of here. And then they left the humans to die. They created the automatons and pretty much relied on the automatons the same way the humans relied on the Senites and basically without the automatons if the automatons were to leave or if they were to rise up and fight the sinites would be screwed especially since they're yeah. under these domes there's nowhere to go and like the guy is saying it's like if the automatons gotcha. rise up like there's nowhere to go we like they might react in violence because that's how like when they realize the the virus like breaks they realize what they've done and they lash out and so it's like oh yeah. crap we're screwed and but so he puts out this information so that, like, you know, um, the Sinites ha- can get access to it, but they don't really know it since the um, council locked it down. So, like, they will, yeah. like, have the feeling of wanting to explore out the dome or maybe even, like, wanting to try to help the automatons gain their sentience type things, whatever that may, like, form. But, like, they know it's there deep down in their souls and, like, they have this um, kind of, like, calling to do something to fix the current problems. So whether it's going out into like natural world and like reestablishing life and then trying to work with the automatons to create a natural life is one way a story could go. Or is it like maybe like a Sinite like sees the automatons like kind of joins their cause or whatever. There's like a bunch of stories that could be created there. And I like, but I want it to kind of like set up like anything can happen, but this way of living that they found is not, sustainable yeah and like i don't yeah, know it's like gonna happen. like the cyberpunk eventually. stuff i like i read watch like is like it's kind of, it's all kind of bleak like ghost in the shell in it is kind of bleak where like to a point people oh, yeah, are yeah. like losing their humanity to cybernize and like there's all this crime and being able to like 
basically exploit a person because they are robotic and then you have like with ergo proxy like just the robots becoming sentient and they're like oh no kill them and then like there is like a huge uprising at the end of that or like um you know a little bit of blade runner stuff like that it's always decently bleak and so i wanted to create something that had that bleakness but also there is like a little sliver a little tiny sliver of hope and also i wanted to do like a twist where it's like oh yeah it's like we think we're humans that are just like being roboticized or like be like we think we're humans that are kind of cyborgs like we have robot parts but no you're just straight up robots that are created in labs and like that's also another thing that could happen they could find out the robots and be like oh god what is life and I don't know. Yeah. And like, I think we talked about it. It's like, what is cyberpunk? And I think, uh, sorry, I know you need to get to your part so we can end the show. No, you're but good. I, but you're I fine. think you're a not, big part of cyberpunk is like the facts. Like, did we go too far with our creation? And I kind of wanted to create part yeah. of that. It's like, are we like with Ghost in the Shell? Like the oh, am I human type thing that happens with the majors? Like, did we go too far by creating a human who is completely robotic? She's not human, but she's human because she has a human brain. But she's a robot and like haven't right. gone too far with the creations like like the um idea of humanity is something that's also called out in cyberpunk it's like technology is like a big part of it. it's like how we use the technology are we exploiting it for our own goods or is this something that actually benefits like everybody and, and it's like and there's always that like evil corporation behind it in mind it was the council and like others there's always like some someone's evil somewhere that's controlling things from behind the scenes and only letting information that they think needs to be known be known and i think that's all part of cyberpunk and so i decided to make mine like that so it is i think mine is decently derivative of all the stuff i like but i really enjoyed spending way too much time writing it anyway yeah no i I liked it i i i I am a fan (sighs) um all right you ready for the end of my thing end of evangelion Yes. All right. Welcome to the 200th annual Titan Cyber Cycle Rally. Teams from all over the galaxy converge here to show off their new machines and fearless rider. Riders, rather. This year, the competition is hot. Shooting stars. Shooting star Stellara is the race favorite on liquid. on liquid steel. But the veteran Hardball Hogan. On the crowd favorite Pink Piglet is intending to give her a race for her money. But let's not forget about the rookie sensation this year. The forever enigmatic racer known only as the letter R. She rides a cybercycle with no name. Her rise to the top of the amateur circuit has earned her a place on the ti- has earned her a place on Titan, the birthplace of the cybercycle rallies. The announcer speaks over massive monitors hovering over a city glowing with neon purple, green, and blue. The once desolate colony on Titan has transformed into into the largest cross-planet rally course, and several tourist cities have sprung up along the race. Not only this, but most cybercycles are now produced on Titan. It has been said that for something to really be called a cybercycle, it must have been made originally on Titan. The cities are mainly tourism, but all scales of cybercycle manufacturing and modification are also done on Titan 7 now. Shops range from solo operations to massive companies, all of them trying to make names for themselves, especially in the, in the rallies. As the announcer introduces the racers, images flash on the screen. Shooting star, 
Shooting Star... I should not have done this alliteration. It's like a tongue twister. <laughs> Shooting Star Stellara. Stellara's color is purple with white trim. Her bike is the most modern design on the track. It looks like it has been made from liquid metal in motion turned solid. A deep velvety purple with white wheels and controls. There's a glowing... It glows with a deep radiance and runs almost silently. Meanwhile, Hardball Hogan is the opposite. The only thing more ostentation than Hogan himself is the pink piglet. The pink piglet. A cybercycle with more motor than frame. The true color of the bike is the true color of the bike is now impossible to tell. Hogan famously never repairs any cosmetic any cosmetic damage. The bike is a filthy and rusty patina, but it also glows with neon pink lights from everywhere. It sounds like a chorus of bass drums and buzzing chainsaws, and smells even worse. R wears all black, and her cycle matches. Mm. And her cycle is also painted with a matte black finish, with the most minimal minimal design that has been seen for years. Cybercycle races are usually meant to be part. Mm. Oh, are usually meant to be part style, but her bike seems to be purely utilitarian. It is said that it sounds like a ghost growling. Dude, that's super cool. No, keep going. You get, you have me. I'm gripped. Stop pausing so much. This year, the race is more exciting than ever. 200 teams will start, and usually only about 20 finish. Part one this year is the classic flats drag. 200 glowing cybercycles race across the historic flats, just like Captain Nora Rain. Part two... The factory. Racers must dodge production and mining facilities and plot a course across an ever-changing landscape. Part 3. Laser Mountain! Always a crowd favorite, of course, our racers must live through moving light bridges spanning massive chasms. Part 4. The Drop. Often the most dangerous part of the race, simply get to the bottom of Glass Splinter Mountain. And finally, a new never-before-seen track simply called Volcano. Now, I hope you are ready to race for your life! 200 200 bikes roar to life, and the great rally begins. Dude, no, I love it. That is my cyberpunk world. Absolutely love your cyberpunk world. I will say it definitely reminds me a little bit of Tron, like the light cycles, obviously. Sorry, you cut out. I'll just say really quickly because you didn't hear it, but it reminds me a lot of Tron, like the light cycles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a bit of IGPX, which was another like racing anime with giant robots racing, but it's not really giant robots. But you have like wacky races in there, just like a lot of fun racing there was another one that i thought of that i can't remember right now but you have a lot of fun racing stuff and i just i like the idea of oh you just race to the area and they're like there's this one person on like this silent cycle just like yeah 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 i liked the like personality racers so like and this was like so when i was thinking about it like i was i was having trouble coming up with like an initial idea so usually like i have like an initial idea that's like oh that'll be fun you know and i just couldn't come up with it and then what gave me an initial kick was the light cycles from Tron. I'm like, okay, well, now a city built around, like, a coliseum where they're running those light cycles would be pretty cool. Um, and then that also kind of spun me into, like, Speed Racer. So I like this idea of a racer named R who yeah. wears all black and their lights and their uh, cyber cycles really boring and um, just, like, doesn't make a lot of noise. And they're, like, this weird amateur that no one knows anything about. 
Um, Spoiler alert, I didn't actually ever like Racer X. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's fair, which you're wrong. I mean, he was cool, but I like the new. Have you seen the new Speed Racer movie? Like, I knew you mean like like, the one that came out like 10 years ago. Yeah, but not the one that came out 40 years ago or 60 years ago. Don't make fun of I used to love the original Speed Racer. It was so I watched Speed Racer when I was growing up. Yeah, I have like the freaking box, not the box set, but like the first season of DVD. Yeah, I mean, I I watched that. Yeah, but no, I have not watched the quote unquote new movie. it is bonkers. I don't know if it's a good movie, but I love it so much just because it's like so over the top and crazy. It's like if you're going to make a basically animated CG movie, why would you make the backgrounds boring? So they're like, everything is in Technicolor. Yeah, that's the thing. Everything like, is more green than drove green. across like the planes and stuff like these people are driving through like these like Hot Wheels esque like racetracks. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the thing, though, is to me, like, Cyberpunk... Oh, was the Wachowski's, I wanted it that's to be, why. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Um, I wanted it to be something a little bit broader than just, like, this familiar... To me, it's kind of like a familiar city. Like, well, because that's what, like... Um, I mentioned in the movie Dark City. It, like, that's just always what I go back to. And so I was like, well, wh- what would be something fun? I'm like, well, Speed Racer's actually kind of Cyberpunk, and... So are those light cycles from Tron. Like, so I'm just like, I wanted it to be like a little bit more fun and like crazy and over the top. I mean, I, I, and also, oh my gosh, this would be super fun to watch and do and build. You yes. A hundred, just all around a hundred percent. Like you knocked it out of the park. I really, really like your world. Just, I'm proud of you. I was, I was a fan of this one. I felt I, very good. I'm about proud it. of you, son. <laughs> um well it's thanks Jordan. it's my turn to roll but i don't know where the roll chart is so the, oh, there we go um yeah no do you have anything else to say i think we kind of covered like the i'm good i'm stuff. good i also i think one i mean we can talk about it off air but i think one thing i kind of want to implement a little bit more when we do these random worlds is like talk about like like there's like stuff where where we did um noir world where we talked about like what makes something noir and kind of like i mentioned like why i like did what i did with my world what made cyberpunk for me like i think we should like kind of take a look at that more when we like start doing these like more one-shot worlds because we're doing more projects and i think that would be something nice to add because i think it adds good conversation like like stuff like dinosaur world not gonna really be like a big thing unless we talk about like why we like dinosaurs excuse me my dinosaur world was no but i mean like you can't really talk too much about the background of what makes dinosaur world dinosaur world yeah i think you just end up talking about Jurassic. exactly what i was gonna say but like space odyssey worlds like what makes a space odyssey for us like what things do we think are necessary for a space odyssey world and stuff like that and instead of talking about things we should do i'm gonna go ahead and roll we need to add a number eight so if i roll eight loops i rolled in (laughs) yes this is gonna be convoluted again. I rolled an eighteen anime world. Have we have done, done anime, anime world, world but I put it back on the list because I could do fifty million anime world. Uh, man, I, I'm gonna have to. Th- I want to go someplace weird with this anime world, Jordan. I want to go someplace weird. I definitely want to put cyberpunk like back in the dock because I do like. I think we could do more than one cyberpunk, but anyways. I could do like an actual like a, a bleak genre typical <laughs> bleak cyberpunk, cyberpunk world. world. Cyberpunk world. Now I just want to fill in number eight with wacky racist, but you already did that, so <laughs> <laughs> Mario. Kart. Um anywho, Cody, 
plugs. Uh, check me out at the Wandering Gamer Network. Sometimes on Twitch, always on podcasts, and occasionally where YouTube is. <laughs> that was that was fun. Um, you can check me out at Sunday Against Zero Zero at Twitch.tv, where I'm playing Dragon Age Inquisition because I lost a bet. Also, you can check out my second podcast, The Side Characters, where we talk about diversity in nerd culture. Um, we just did an episode on the 2020 Mulan film because there were some nefarious um, backworkings that Disney did behind the scenes and talked about, like, should we go see everything that has a little bit of representation and just because it have representation or can we be choosy, even though movies that have representation in it that don't sell well kind of like stop representation from being in more movies so we kind of talk about that idea for a bit and that one's more of a loosey-goosey episode anyways that's my stuff that's all i got cody you got anything else uh no okay no, i'm good <laughs> we'll catch y'all on the flip side bye bye <laughs> <laughs>